Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer and a broadcaster. And what you're about to hear is one of the 1,400 interviews I did for major media outlets in Ireland. But many were done for the print media and recorded on cassette tapes, and so some are, let's say, sonically challenged. But sonic considerations should sometimes give way to historical significance, I believe. And I'm glad to say that some of the powers that be in RT Radio 1 agreed with me on this and broadcast between 2015 and 2018. Many of my interviews in a series called The Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited. What follows is a show I was going to include in that series, but finally, and I stress here personally, and under no pressure from RTE, who didn't even know the tape existed, I decided that its subject, Dermot Morgan, was so critical of the organisation that the tape could never be broadcast, or that it would have to be censored to such a degree that it would become a travesty of the original interview, and maybe even a travesty of the memory of Dermot Morgan. Though that said, for the record here I must add that parts of our chat were cut for various reasons when the article appeared in print. And the point is that I made the Joe Jackson Tapes Revisited radio series because I wanted the public to hear the original recordings in as pure, truthful and uncensored a fashion as libel laws will allow. I no longer do that series for RTE. It's morphed into the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. But the same principle applies. And it certainly applies in terms of the 1994 interview with Dermot Morgan that you're about to hear. It is, to my mind, if not historically significant, then culturally resonant in the sense that it was recorded only weeks before Morgan went to the UK to make for Channel 4 what I refer to during the interview as his new TV series. It was called Scrapped Saturday. Sorry, my mistake. Sadly, that satirical radio series was in effect scrapped by RTA, as was his other radio show, Newshounds. Dumbass me. Of course, I meant to say that the TV series offer taken up by Channel 4 was Father Ted, which it seems was an offer RTE felt it could refuse, though the station did broadcast the series after its success in the UK and elsewhere. But I don't want to deify Dermot. He may have created on the live Mike TV show, hosted by Mike Murphy, a character called Father Trendy, a precursor to Father Ted. But Morgan was no saint. In fact, he was an atheist. And some people, certain politicians, for example, were offended and hurt by what could be called his crass insensitivity or cruelty in the name of a laugh. That is something he and I addressed. And yes, we also addressed the possibility that certain influential politicians may have put pressure on RTE to pull his shows and not support future projects. Either way, the fact that he was in effect forced to leave his homeland in order to make a living, and indeed to bring to full fruition his remarkable comedic skills, struck me then as sad. It strikes me now as tragic. Why? Because four years after this interview, Dermot Morgan died from a heart attack on the morning after he finished filming the third series of Father Ted. He was only 45 and Father Ted has since been voted in a poll conducted for the Radio Times, second only to Faulty Towers in a list of the greatest British sitcoms. No, not Irish. But let's go back to 1994. Do you think, do you think those two shows were, were symptomatic of Autier's problem with comedy? I mean, most people regarded them as shite. 
Did you? Oh, Gert McLoon and... Uh, yeah. It just didn't work. Well, the extraordinary thing about Gert and Clune is that they ripped off their own format. I mean, Nighthawks was extremely successful, yeah. and they discontinued it. Um, that strikes me as an incredibly bad decision. Um, right. The extra, extra thing, the... You see, this, this nobody answers for these things. It's easy to put out, no, well, something wasn't funny, so we pulled it in public, you'll never know. I'll put a challenge down. We put out even the roughest of the, of the uh, extra, extra, of the... News hounds. News hounds. VHS videos. I, okay. I think the punters will say, develop that and not that, you know. But I. But did they develop the other after yours was shafted? Well, was extra, there extra. any kind? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, but, but it was not. There's, there's no. no um, Jesus, it, if they'd right. taken anything out of out of the show we've done, it might have it might have helped extra. extra. Right. But I mean, right. I think the people. Nobody answers. Right. Who was the producer on that show? It was John Lynch. Yeah. How could he let that stuff go to? How could his boss man answer for that? Now, anybody, you don't need to be Hugh Leonard to analyze. What went on in, in extra extra? Very good cast, and I'm not just being nice guy and love it. They were very good cast. Right. Um, but uh, and as I understand. But it, where so, did it flop for you watching it? What was so miserable about it? I, I ran out of drugs. You know, and <laughs> I just it was great. You know, two two tabs and you were fucking delighted with yourself. You know, it was very fun. It could it had the potential to go cult. You know, it really did. Uh, right, right. Especially the the the. <laughs> Easy access to a Gilbert and Sullivan dream sequence, and they couldn't think what the next thing that'll happen in the plot should be. And it was, it was a, a situation comedy. It, it lacked uh, two of the fundamentals: situation and comedy. All right. <laughs> and I understand, incidentally, that that they they were determined. The powers that be were determined to give us more of it because we wouldn't shut up about it at the public. Right. So you don't like that? Well, <laughs> they don't like that, boys and girls. Take off that jacket. You're not going home till you see the second series. And, right. and right. I understand, and this, this is worth checking, that it was pulled not by the powers that be, but by rebellion. There was an actual revolt of the cast who could see their career suffering. Under it. Right. And right. that's worth checking. Right. Sure, yeah, is there yeah. more rumours like, like greed yeah. about scrap or whatever? Or is it the truth? All right. Well, Pauline did well out of the other one. Out of Gert McLoon? Yeah. No, I, no, I didn't. I don't, you don't I think so? I don't think it hurt it. Yeah. But, uh, well, she's gone on now to be doing, obviously, what she's doing in the Abbey and things mm -hmm. like that. And she's you also know. the housekeeper in this, uh, in, the, um, in the thing in Channel 4. No, I don't mean on screen. She's, she's just minding the house. I mean, that's right. That's <laughs> 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 a great rumour to put around, wouldn't it? Pauline <laughs> McLoon is now a domestic employed by Darren Moore. <laughs> you know, she, she, she's the, house, the priest's housekeeper in, in uh, Father Ted. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, that great. Good stuff. Yeah. And why? Tell me what this is. Is it a ten-week or is it it's a? It's a six-weeker. All right. They've optioned the second series. Already, All right. So. And it's, the two guys are just hysterical. I know. Players. Well, we know them. They came out of Hot Press. I mean, Arthur. Well, there you are. Grand, I mean, you know? interesting point. Now, you know, I mean, I'd like to, to, to go back to that. Uh, there was, if you like, look at look at Hot Press as a strand of programming in television terms, right? Which you know brought in guys like Graham Litton and Arthur Matthews and gave them their head to be. Sure. It, right? sure. <laughs> and, and, and they've developed and they have built their craft. Right. There is no strand like Hot Press. There is no scheme of thinking. What they have at RT is Frank Patterson and Extra Extra <laughs> and Bibi. And it was Bibi gone as well. She's she gone. Can, she, she had to leave, yeah. Yeah, she's gone up in my estimation. Yeah, no, she left. She's gone to the William Morris Agency, even though she doesn't have a job. But didn't well, she do something out of line? What was it she did out of line? She the champagne intro. She went oh, to the champagne and she she watched somebody's whose hair was it? Miller's. Miller's. Well, that was the hair. Right, right. <laughs> and that they say led to her now having to evacuate the country. I, I. That's no. That was what I read. Like very recently. I know, but I, 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 
funnily well, enough. Well, uh, there are chances for maybe limited. Yeah. Well, maybe that. we should get some kind of. Um, we just, you know, we have to. You talk. Let's talk about megalomania. Let's, let's look at television <laughs> management. Jesus, you know, two different, two different um, directors of programs. I swear to God, have said to me, uh, uh, in drink, both in drink, I can have a big influence in your career. I swear to God, I mean, it's not even subtle the stuff that goes on. Right. The night at the Jacobs Award in 1991, uh, guy said it to me, uh, didn't like the colour of my colour. You know, it was like it was the RT line. I'll. I'll get you, pal. You didn't like what you'd been <laughs> just, doing? What you'd, just, that you'd just, won the award? Yeah, or? Just, I'd gather, just, you know, I just right. don't get your fucking hopes up, pal. I'm see you later. I'm going to see you down. And the one who said he could be good for you? Uh, oh, well, no, it was the same. same. Oh, oh, no, was was no, there was no, um, there was no uh, invitation to, oh, to, uh, to, to dance for it. Uh, <laughs> none, none of that. Um, Did you just, ever encounter that? What? It's rumoured that that can help one's career in RTA, no? <laughs> I have to have someone to pack my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think probably if I was in Niger Column Ballast, that would, that would help. That more than the rest. Yeah. What incidentally drugs were you watching TV that night? <laughs> <laughs> For extra, extra. Lots, just lots, you know. You, would have, you, wanted, you, wanted to, you, you could clear out a warehouse of Amst- Amst- good homegrown Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam's finest and you still might be ready for it. You know? Do you use it? Drugs? Yeah. You know, uh, speed and those things that they say, cocaine, okay. they say have comics. Not, no, I mean, and unlike Bill Clinton, when I smoked dope, which I, I used on occasions in college particularly, I did inhale and it, uh, it wasn't, I never had the sort of supply, there was never the supply there to kind of, um, uh, to think consider it regularly, but I... UCD? Yeah. If was, no, if was, honestly, I would like, well, you may have had better, you might have better dealer than we did. <laughs> Um, no, I just it never. Right. It was there was never the supply there. To, I mean, it was great, and also what was rare was wonderful. But uh, unlike Bill, I managed to inhale and, right. and right. I enjoyed it. But I, I never touched acid, and I never touched speed. Uh, and the reason I wouldn't touch them is because I find it hard enough, and I'm I'm not ducking the issue. I find it hard enough to keep my fucking sanity right. at the best of times without. Right. Now there's right. some people who have the personalities and the disposition who could do that. Uh, but dope, nice, nice little gentle dope. Sure. How about a line of coke before a show? No. No, sure. again, would you be And not even, and in fairness, not, um, almost never have a drink. No. No. Apart from drinking Guinness on stage. I don't remember his fucking plug on the back. One night, I'll tell you, one night, I really, I, I was whipped tired. Aye. And I was in bits. I really felt strung out and I think that's yeah. the best way of it. Right. and I had a um, I not only did I have my pint in the first half but I had a, I had a large whiskey in fact I had two large whiskeys at the interval uh, and back out it happened one night and it was it was because I, I thought you know they're, they're going to put me to bed here because I'm fucked yeah. and, uh, and it revved me up but halfway through the second half I realised I was pissed or you know semi right. yeah. it's the only time and it's kind of a strange feeling to realise you know you know you're you're riding a team of horses when you're doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. dare not have a drink. Sure. You dare not. I mean, sure. But it is suggested that a lot of comics do actually use, use drugs to keep either speed or cocaine, yeah. just to give them. And also for those nights when, as you say, not just physically depleted, but when you're maybe depressed or miserable, you've had a heartbreak and you've got to go out and keep people fucking going. I mean, yeah, how do you jump over that hurdle? It's a bit like a, I can make an analogy to professional football, right? Which I think is very valid. The you know, now I sort of turn around and I'm delighted I'm a comedian. You know, I'm, so, shit. I'm still in business. I'm 
now closer to survival financially All right. than I've ever been before. Sure, yeah. And and I'm still in the business now. Fuck it, I'm a comedian. This is great. I'm not. I didn't end up in insurance. No, no disrespect to anybody no, in insurance. Right. And I'm not being nice guy about it. I mean, right. but you know, it's not like not an exciting thing. Right. I'm, I didn't end up as a teacher, uh, which for which I was particularly ill, Ill, Ill fitted. You know. Right. And I'm a comedian. And so I, I'm sort of. You do have a professional pride, which means shit exactly that thing and people often say that you know but it must be hard to get up and make people laugh when you're feeling shy and it's it's because you have you are seasoned and you're professional about it that you can do it and yeah, you think, yeah that's, that is a nice trick you know and it's not as big a deal as it sounds but but people are impressed by it sure but yeah. but the fact is yeah. it's like um the professional footballers maybe they're shagged from a midweek match uh in europe and then they come in on the saturday and they still manage to do at least the rudimentary things correctly yeah. and you know they may not hit the heights but they they have a control they have a which is nice but you weren't always that way I mean obviously there were times leading up to when your, your career was up and down and you, I remember you talking somewhere about how you just didn't know where the next money yeah. was going to come from yeah. to pay a bill or the bills would all come in together yeah. and you'd be it's miserable about it yeah. um, but how strong and I don't think that I don't recommend that in sure, I don't, right. I don't, I don't, it's not like you know if you want to be a comedian, oh, yeah, hey, take yeah, my yeah. advice, have a yeah. rough time. Right. I think it'll be much more fucking fun to to be like uh, Graham Linehan, who's hugely successful and he's 26. The bastard! Uh, you know, and I mean, that's just one look, look at yeah, Steve yeah. Coogan. He's right. 28. Guy's right. a genius. Yeah. yeah. And and he's successful. And that's much, honestly, there's not, I don't think there's anything particularly um, uh, wonderful or something about having a hard time and all that stuff. However, I think there is something wonderful about if you have had a hard time that you didn't go out of business and you manage to survive, that, that does give you a certain amount of, you know, and still know your craft and all that stuff and, and, and be in the business. Um, and I think my biggest fear in those times was that I, I didn't know what would happen to me because I had nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. This is out of college when you came yeah, out of Oh college. yeah, but I mean like sort of, you know, oh, early gosh. 80s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you said there that your father had this kind of uh, irreverent attitude or whatever. Yeah. I mean, apart from just the fact that you took it as a career and you wanted to do this and the father trained and all that stuff, yeah. no need to go over that. What was the, what was this core impulse? Did it come out of the family that need to slap authority, rebel I, I, I against? Don't, I honestly don't know. I I, 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 I something, uh, and I still don't know why that happened. I know my mother was a terrific mimic, and I was thinking back on that. And that's yeah. I mean, that's indisputable. That's probably certainly where I got the voice thing, right? Yeah, right. She's just very very funny. But um, my, I suppose I I. In, I, I love Frank Skinner's talking about comedy recently and he says, no, I'm not, I'm not a comedian because I'm insecure or I, I'm, you know, the tears of the clown and that shit is, I'm just having a great time and I've made, I make people laugh and it's a great career. And that's, and none of this sort of neurosis. Yeah, yeah, the other side. But, but I think we all have that, whether right. we're comedians, whatever, it's interesting to find out why, how we became yeah. what we became. I honestly don't know. Uh, I know that um, I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, I always felt a bit outside in school, like I wanted to be, you know, one of the mainstream and stuff like that. Um, I'm not particularly conscious of being the class clown for attention, though. I, I certainly saw that in myself in college. I, right. I indulged in college. Right. I was, uh, I would go into a lecture theatre, you know, do an ad lib for some mates, um, because I, I don't know why, because I wanted to be a comedian. That was it. Um, as to why I wanted to be a comedian, I don't yes. fucking know. I knew I, I loved John Cleese and Marty Feldman um, when I was coming yeah. out. Of, when I was Hitting, hitting the leaving cert, 69. Right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, then the the Pythons were on. I didn't watch much of them because I kind of sensed that I'd just end up become one of the, yeah. you know, the, the Python fans. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't kind of yeah, shun yeah. that bit. But, um, 
but I wanted to be a comedian. I was very, I loved the idea of, of television comedy particularly. Um, I loved Morgan Wise and all those, those people, and then you know later nothing like that. I would started, so I started my second stage. Did you do a like rock and roll to impress women? Oh man, whichever your preference is. Let that be sexist. I think there must have been an element to that. There must be an element to that that you want to um, attract attention. Like you, yeah. you don't want to be ignored, and you this is almost fuck all use of football. I wasn't going to be, um, you know, young scientist of the year, and right. so I think this was right. a way of of carving out my. Were you fuck all use of fucking? Nobody wanted me to be dead like this. <laughs> so why? I am not prepared to discuss my sex life. <laughs> However, it is significant that the agriculture department removed the sheep from Belfield after my first year. That's all I'm saying, right? I'm, that's all I'm prepared to talk about. Do you have groupies? <laughs> well, all right. Just one, but she's 73. And However, she does take the teeth out occasionally when I invite her to. Um, no, I, 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 I must say that Frank Skinner is, is, is again, he's talking to this, this, what is it called, Deadpan, the new yeah. comedy magazine, and he's, he's, he's what does he say? He says, I'm, 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 what's the best part of stuff? Shagging it, I'll do it in Birmingham accent, shagging the attractive women. Um, I'll, I'll just turn up, I'm sorry, I have to tune in my Birmingham accent, sorry. All right, all right, sorry. Tune. Shagging attractive women, that's not right. So, uh, can, we, can we do that in Birmingham accent at the end, because I do it quite Birmingham yeah. accent. Yeah. Just, I'm off sorry. Um, Why have you become so coy on this subject when you're no, not coy in terms of no. uh, somebody giving Charlie blowjobs and, and all these, you know? That's, uh, it's just a... Uh, you're a closet womanizer, are you? Well, I certainly never use public parks, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, never, uh, well, that's, uh, well, I would never, now Charlie and myself never discussed yeah. our check life, we don't, che uh, check life? <laughs> our sex life, because we don't want to ruin the mystique. All right, all right. Was there ever a... Uh, was there ever any feedback from that on that whole TZ kind of Charlie thing? Uh, we, we had one supplication from a friend of the family, but uh, we went back and we were twice as bad the next week. Just to, to make the point, do not ring us up. <laughs> Don't ring us up, you know. What, Charlie asking? No, somebody, somebody, a, friend, a friend of the Hawley family did, did uh, ring up and say, you know, it's a bit hard on the mammy. And, uh, that's a, who's then who's like mammy? Uh, on, on Mrs. Hawley. It was a bit hard on her. That, okay. That, uh, but it was like as good as, good as uh, Himmler said to yes, as he stood in one of the concentrated camps, it's tough work or it's hard work. We men have got to do a bit of festive dance. But did you ever stop? Because I was watching your videos and listening to the tapes and all that. And you have the moment where he's giving, and maybe it's his Christmas party at Concili, and he forgets the wife's name. That was a bit nasty. That's, you know, for the woman in question, not for the man in question. It's, it's very. It is hard. I mean, also, I mean, to make any joke at the moment about Christopher, right, is. You know, it, it's a really tricky thing because, I mean, Diane de Berg is a really nice woman. Okay. Uh, and I know her some. And Jesus, you don't want to do anything that's going to uh, aggravate her. But, you know, I, this is the job I do. And right. That's what I've chosen to be. And you can't, you know, I, I really think it would be wrong also. I mean, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be also out of business if you bottled it, you know. Then you, sure. become, then you become like sure. sort of variety club and, as I say, I'd be playing golf with Tarbuck, you know. Sure. It's not. What, what you're supposed to what I, what I understand my job to be is is to rev it up and, and, and to go for it. What know? would you want to rev up about Kristen Burr? I know. I mean, I mean, it, you know, his 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 business with the babysitter was was you know right in the public domain. Yeah. Uh, once yeah. the press that hadn't happened for the time of the show, had it? No, it's not. Oh, no, it's not on the stage. No, it didn't right. come after it. 
and I'd have had to address it. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, it's also like more, the yes. recent re more recent revelations about the oral sex with another groupie five months beforehand. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, Do you feel sorry for him, though? I think he has had a real kicking. I mean, a seriously nasty kicking. And so kill it. I, I, he really has had a terrible. He's had a terrible. Um, he's had a terrible kicking. I mean, yeah. So you sympathise with him? Ooh, that's true. I I would. I haven't actually made a decision about that in my own head, but I think. Um, I think he's just had a really fucking bad kicking. And what's, what I think came out was a fund of bad will towards him. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, like... You, I mean, an incredible uh, amount of evil yeah, and, and negativity. Uh, yeah, it was really the, the, the bad will towards him. I, I actually said to him once, personally, once at, uh, we were talking about... He was, something had come up and he was responding to a critic or something. And I, and I said, I know you maybe think it's beside the point. But uh, I, I've been traveling around Europe a bit. I'm like, paying myself to go to matches or whatever it was. Or, um, and uh, the posters up everywhere. He was in Brussels the week after me, <laughs> and uh, Copenhagen the week before, or something like that. And it was, and I said, Jesus, you know, you're being paid to go there, as opposed to well, I was in Brussels. I was doing a gig for the Irish in Brussels, but it was right. like a couple of hundred, well, five, six hundred people, and you know, regular fee and all that. You're going there and filling the biggest places. What the fuck do you really care with, with what they write about you? You know, I mean. I know that artists, obviously, it's, it's what they crave in the, in, in the end is acceptance of the work and respect for the work, okay? But I mean, surely he could say to himself, fuck it, they love me in Germany, they love me in Europe. So it's not just counting the money, but that's worth doing, you know, to, yeah. you console yourself. You can be yeah. miserable and rich or miserable and sure. poor. Uh, and why, 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 why take so much of that stuff? Sure. But there's a lot of people in the contemporary who seem to be that it deserves to be shafted for. The smugness and all this, yeah, yeah. and the, no, the hypocrisy yeah. and the kind of dedicating the song to a mistress, putting the creditor on the album, yeah, and now being revealed to be having oral sex with this groupie five months before and saying it'll never come out because people won't believe they all think I'm a nice guy. That's really like how to slowly hang yourself. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I suppose making a making a virtue of your of your, of your virtue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I suppose it's it, it's kind of like inviting the dig, but. Jesus, he was certainly got his digs in spades, you know, and I'm sure it was really pretty tough on her. On her? I said, yeah, if we'd been, yeah, sure. if Scraps ever been on air at the time, it would have almost certainly dominated that week, you know, it would have been a couple of items. Sure. Do you think uh, Flynn being sent to Europe was, I mean, do you think you, you helped accentuate the embarrassment he caused the government with that kind of crap? No? I, I wonder whether... Hi, Joe. Hi. Hi. We have another 10 minutes. Yeah. I just, okay. I'm one photographer who wants to run away, Joe. Can you come up and take a shot here with us? I'm going to stand out there for a second, yeah. Okay. I just, it's the hair guy. Yeah, send him up on. Is that okay with you, Joe? Just do it. Step out No, no problem at all. Two of them are okay. They want the yeah. And you have great fun with it in the video, too. The Flynn, the back yeah. the Robinson thing. I mean, do you think that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, so, I don't know. I truly don't know. I think it probably, it probably the. Get them out of the way to keep the women happy is part of the thing I heard. Just this suggestion. I, I, I'm really, I'm just not all right. party to the to what okay. they're thinking of this. But I would have thought that the deal was quite straightforward. He was, he wrote shotgun for Albert. Got the commission. Shot. All right. Simple yeah. deal. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly about. You remember he became a born again minister for justice. Yeah. My conscience will not get into the age. Remember that. So I mean, he had like he. Well, he did the birthday interview with Gay Byrne and kind of he was re rehabilitating himself. Yeah, that's true. But um, I yeah. think it's a cute whore. And yeah. A lot of them are cute whores. I think they're probably guys 
probably a lot of nobility that kind of get into leading certain scholarships sort of way, who asked them whether their grand figures or leaders or, or men of integrity or anything other than just party hacks is entirely um, men's per se. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it's probably, we can see that it's now. the case. But do, is that what you do, Phil, call that the Malawi? I think sadly, whatever is wrong with our political system, very few of the guys, very few of the really uh, top ability people are, get there because they don't enter that, that, that domain. I mean, I, I think Dick is, has been a big disappointment probably for a lot of people. Um, you know, he's, he's an amazingly charming and humorous guy, and he comes across as the most uh, dour kind of you know, unidimensional guy. He's not. I mean, I know him. I've met him several times. He's a very, very humorous man. He never uses, he rarely uses his humor as a public I also think, I, I yeah. asked, but I mean, well, for my next Irish show, that I, I intend to address that thing about why he picked up foreign affairs. You know, he didn't ask for finance. Um, he wanted the toys. Everybody wants the toys, okay? Mm. So, like, you two are on survive. They go out and they do rock and roll and they earn as much money as they get the toys. But the other one is public servants. So what does he go for? I want the biggest car, please. I want DFA. I want a punished office that's twice as big as the last one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think he deserves a kick in the arse with that. And that's what Satish should be at. You know, so I mean, he will be next time I have a little song, the song. which I've written down. It's, it's also good. You'll be happy with the language. Sorry, that's only for 10, 15 minutes, you're okay. But no, but you also in the show you do go into the job of the boys things. You do go into the like yeah. when they went down to the swill the next day, the labour people were down yeah. there before them. So I mean that's part of the disappointment too. Well I mean in a way Would you I, mean, I saw you describe this from the manic left. Pardon? Politically from the manic Me? left. The manic yeah. left. Yeah. I saw that with somebody no, I, I I I was quite amused by that, yeah. I mean what's they say if you're if you're not a socialist at nineteen, there's something wrong with you. Still a note socialist at twenty nine. There's something wrong with you. But I, I tend to be quite a la carte. I mean, All right. there are things in terms of the social agenda, which is the thrust of the left, which is to be admired. But um, there are things about their attitudes to economics which don't make, simply do not make sense to me. For example, nobody has, uh, oddly enough, uh, it's now generally accepted, and you look at Tony Blair yesterday, that there was huge abuse of, of trade union. All right. Yeah. Um, Dropping Charter Four or Clause Four is only recognising that it's you know you can't nationalise. You, you mean you can try it, but but the Berlin Wall's down, mm. and that was the other side. That was the best attempt to nationalise sure, yeah. the, yeah. the means of production and distribution and exchange. Uh, so if, what I would say is fine. I I vote for socialism in the morning if we're all playing by the same rules and if we can get a worldwide socialist, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah. But it doesn't. It seems it always seems to go back to. Uh, the profit incentive, right? And I, I also, I also think that it's it's obscene and ridiculous that you know Sultan of Brunei uh, should be, you know, just this obscene corner, this obscene amount of the world's uh, resources, yeah. uh, and yet there doesn't seem to be a way to smooth it out. I mean, uh, that's that's what I so what, what I try to do in my political thinking, such as it is, would be to to to. Shake up the shibboleths, and you know, the, some of the, the tr shite that was trotted out with the left clearly has been seen to be that. Right. Some of the shite, well, I think Thatcher's shite has been well and truly, you know. Because yeah. Arnold Brown said, it was so easy, it wasn't it in the 70s, in the, in the 80s, just to stand up and decry Maggie Thatcher in front of lefty audiences, which is why I did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, but, yeah. but equally, yeah. 
And the one thing nobody ever took away from Thatcher is that she was a genuine radical. And, yeah, you know, well, yeah. seen against the Vidalago, I mean, what, you know, I, I don't yeah. think we'd have much disagreement about, about her contribution to humanity. Sure. And she's, she's made the best effort to fuck over the British television system with anybody ever with the, uh, the, the franchise around the Southern Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it still survived and it's still like, right. amazing and strong. But uh, you see her legacy. Do you think, uh, do you think Dick took that office for, because he wanted to make the contribution to Northern Ireland? It's one interpretation. You know, that was once the cynic, the cynical answer. interpretation is that he wanted. Yeah. I honestly, I mean, and I think that those ideas should be advanced in a satirical context if, if you're, if that's what your business is and that's my business. Yeah. But that is what you picked up on in terms of jobs for the yeah. sisters of the relatives yeah. of, you know. Just, and it wasn't, I mean, if you're going to be the saint, you know, if you're, you, know if you, you really do need to be cleaner than, uh, you know, whiter than white. And, uh, I think the unfortunate thing about his sister was that she probably was a constituency worker or something like that, and yeah, it was probably, I mean, in one context, probably a gesture, advancement, you know. If you're going around knocking nepotism and the cosy, the golden circle, sure, and then why? At least on a, stra- uh, on a tactical basis, it was, it was crazy. If you, would you draw a line, I would say, if you heard uh, Dick's marriage was in trouble, or Mary Robinson's marriage was in trouble, would you pull back from targeting that? Um, it would depend on whether it was in the public domain or not. I mean, for example, Charles and Di is courtesy yeah. of, of whopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what we do this week, boss, um, is so much in the public domain. I mean, that's the other thing, too, about, about the Christopher thing. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a legitimate line of thought there. It says, who cares about his business with his babysitter or anything else? Says, Leave him alone. Why, why should he be, um, why shouldn't this be brought to the press? I think that's a legitimate line of, of but, but the real politic, the actuality of it, that it, the, the son had targeted him and it came out. And it, yeah. you know, there wasn't a, a, a blanket uh, ban put on, put, put on the scene in the press. And that's just sure. it should have been. So yeah. once it seeped into the public domain, everybody was talking about it. So yeah. you're on whether. But how is, far is it, that from you going for Charlie and Terry? Um, well, I think in, in, in an odd way. Uh, she is vampire. Scaling walls. Yeah. I mean, read the back of the window on a Sunday, and what has been, unless you're, unless one is a fucking Egypt, uh, the stuff that has been trotted out of the back of the Sunday Independent was, was as to uh, lead you to the conclusion that she indeed had a relationship with Charlie. Mm-hmm. And and we said, right, we'll pick up on that, we'll do it, right? So rather than coming to Darren Warren and Jerry Stembridge and saying that, Mrs. If Jerry Hawley indeed had a relationship with that woman, why shouldn't he pick up the phone and say, fuck off in the back of the Indo, you're lamping it for everybody, right? So I think it was exceptional in that way. Right. But I mean, I, I just think, yeah, I also think yeah. that it's like Meteoron and his mistress, right? I think it's, it's, a, it's you know, these things become very public, uh, and because the person's public and because their demeanor doesn't, you know, def, you know, defies you to keep it private, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, one, the man down the road, the bank manager, if he is, if he is a, uh, strange domestic situation or whatever it is or his his, his marriage from a shell or whatever he doesn't deserve to be drawn into it because he's probably you know kept himself to himself and he's not you know and, he, and he's discreet or well that discreet no that's a dangerous word but i mean he's not yeah. flaunting it i mean he's not he's not inviting the public to yeah. comment on it you know yeah do you infer that uh, anything you may do along those lines will be revealed your no. extramarital affairs <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, it's, uh, I have... Uh, no, but do you? They have to live that, because everybody, and that's what the Burr said at the time on the, I think he even said it to Jerry Ryan and Pat Kenny. Mm. How many people do I know in this business, and do you know, mm. who could be sitting here this morning and it could be their story that's being told? 
Well, certainly I would have thought an enormous number of people in that business, and, and not just in that business, but in, in everything. Sure, every, yeah. Have uh, relationships other than, than what is deemed to be sort of their, their, their declared relationship, right? Yeah. So, um, lots of people, you know, I mean, it, it, I always thought the one, the one thing that the reason people's private lives in that sense didn't come out in the press was there was kind of a, an agreement that the first people to go would be the editors because they're, <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah, I, yeah, that's great. <laughs> you're talking nice. You're not talking about the editor of Hot Press, are you? The editor no, of the no I'm, I'm actually was thinking of another editor, but, but I'm well, sure, you know. Well, right. uh, but yeah. this is part of the same thing we started off talking about and it gives it a circular. There's this almost quiet, consensual kind of, well, we'll leave that out. We won't make that public because it will affect us. But I, I in an odd way, the the, the sexual more is, in, in, in some respects, I think, at the least of concern to the, right. to the public, um, uh, the public good, the public concern, or the public interest. But, um, in, in the interest in the proper sense, I mean, the interest as right. it was in the gossip sense. It was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason that Benny um, Emmett Stagg hit the papers uh, was because everybody wanted to throw him out to the wolves. First of all, you know, right. I mean, Jim Kemi declared, uh, I, I always have to make go in the public. And then, and when he was grieved on this, he said, well, I knew he was going to, to say it anyhow. So the, I thought Jim was being completely paradoxical and, and, yeah. and disingenuous yeah. about that. Uh, but I think if that was a legitimate matter for public interest, I think it was the, the judgment, that the fact that there had been these instances with guards where he was, you know, leaving himself open to, to, to uh, whatever, censure of some sort, and that it's been repeated lack of judgment, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but as, to, as, to his, as to the actual substance of what people suppose Emmett Stagg might be, I, I couldn't give a bother. Sure. And yeah, nor do I think yeah. it has this, nor sure. do I think it has the slightest bearing, he seems to be very good job on his... Yeah, in, that in, is the thing, yeah. isn't it? We see the other Which part is probably is slightly hypocritical, uh, you know, on the part of the... Of the the people who were seem to make, you know, I, I think it's just... Sure, yeah, 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 it's certainly not... He didn't live in the real world in that respect. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. Didn't, whatever the frisson was, I think he would have found that hard to square with his with his, his, his public position. Right, well, you said just on that area of sexual interest in people's private lives that you felt somewhat liberated by the man with the prick blessed by St. Peter, by the, by the exposure of that. And that really kind of... And a lot of people did. What was this? Well, just Casey. Casey, yes. That this, this yeah. is hypocrisy in the way we've been told growing no, up, and you go to school and all that. I, I don't need uh, um, Bishop Casey to, to make to 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 personally liberate me, but right. what I think is our society has. Yes, I mean, I, I got a great hit off that. Yeah. Yes, I not. I was already. I felt, uh, you know, I freed from that baggage. Free, free. Generally, shedding right. my, uh, right. you know, all the shite that we were loaded up with in school, but. Um, to think that these guys had been pushing this on us in the most sort of doctrinaire way. Sure, yeah. Down yeah. the end of the finger, you don't fucking do it. And if you touch yourself, you go to hell. I've, I've got a new piece about my first wank, right. which I'm working into the act. Um, and uh, it's about the, the whole trauma I went through the first time I, I whacked off. Right. Because I thought, Jesus, I remember, I mean, it was wonderful, but can I explain it? It was one, I mean, I was fucking idiot. I believed all that Catholic stuff. The other guy's going, hey, haven't joined us yet, have you? And, <laughs> and I go, and I'm going, oh, I'd love to you now. And Mr. Hacken be pleading with me in the night. Take me now. And I'm going, I can't. I'd love to touch you. <laughs> you think I'm joking? You've no idea. I was 37 hours off. 
was, your I, first was your last, and that was yesterday. I, know, I, mean, my, 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 I was raising my teens that people sh should be when they, when they finally whack off, right, right? And I remember the, the piece that I've written, I've tried to write in a, in a kind of a low kind of profile to give up in the horror crews, and, and it seemed to, you know, okay. it seemed to, was, was the, the, the actual thing of, of realizing that I was a now in Morton I don't want that scrupulosity, scrupulousness. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you know, he took over. You'll do this, or you'll not leave this room. Now, it was I, it was wonderful. I mean, I have to tell you, it was the, you couldn't beat the thrill of it. It was just terrific. Yeah, yeah. I was lying there, and then I got up. You know, and I always remember there was a sacred heart lamp. Oh, it's a bit of a turn on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, that, that, and, uh, if I walk under a bus now, this is it. All the pebbles multiplied in my 10 years by all the pebbles on the beach, you know, the joyce in the yeah, We used to get yeah. something similar from the dentist. All I'm right. I thought I'm going to burn like a whore in, in hell. Yeah, I'm going to burn yeah, like yeah, yeah. And I knew it was, it was, I always remember it was a Friday evening and I couldn't get a priest. I didn't try for one because I didn't want you, I couldn't go around. You didn't do that to me. You had yeah. to wait till the point. So I think confessions were 11 or 12 the next day. So I decided to get to it because I would never do it again. Um, so I got really busy. And by, by 11 o'clock this morning, Two paramedics had to wheel me in confession bus. I caught up in all the years, and it was also to see me through for the rest of my life. Because you, know? you, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was just, you know, and I must say, you know, uh, I did, I did very well. I don't know what the record is, but I was a very tired and broken man, you know. But, but that is, I mean, we we can assume then that Bishop Casey was also whacking off, you know, priests and bishops. And this, I think, even that image to think of, given oh, to his cousin. I mean, that's that's yeah, a fairly, yeah. Yeah. You see, there was a point at which uh, both of us going through whatever schools it were, couldn't even think, let alone say in public, to think of priests jerking mm. off. Mm. But to be even able to say, of course they do, they must, they get frustrated, and they, maybe with the sacred heart of the lamp, mm. it's a real yeah. turn on for them. Well, you know, kind of, we just, we, you know, and it's, it's lovely that we've emerged from it. Sure, sure. And, and I think we should now go all the way, and, and we are getting there. Towards what, though? To, it's, well, to, to, towards sort of what I would call an equable sort of set of human relationships um, right. within a sort of modern society. It's a very bland way of saying that. You know, right. We don't have to worry about we're whacking off. Um, we don't have to condemn people for being single parents. We don't have to con condemn people if their uh, marriages go for a half. We don't have to condemn people if they're gay uh, or whatever. And that's what I call a really just world. And that's, that's the way it should be. And I, we are, in fairness, getting there. And it's lovely because I never thought we would travel this far this fast. Well, a circular motion, and we can actually end up in because now you want to go to the fellows. Yeah. You did say that Gay was originally your hero because he yeah. brought a lot of these issues. Yeah. Like you and I are talking like this today, and I would not, you know, I would praise him partly for the fact that Hot Press too, I can ask you anything, yeah. wait some pretty crazy questions, because we've been acclimatized towards it by people like Gay and, and beyond that. Yeah. But at the same time, the bulk of what we talked about today, yeah. we couldn't do on TV, on RTE. Um, now, at the moment. Yeah. I, I'd have to come back to the table. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what, what yeah. you know. We couldn't certainly, um, well, certainly in, the in the television state of, state of the world. Two minutes, I'm just there. Okay. Um, in the television state of the world, certainly we wouldn't be able to use our terminology before they. But I think, but certainly, you know, we, you and I would not be invited back on. Right. Miller attempted to do it. I think if, right. we, if we phrased in that way, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I, no, I'm I'm fairly sure. Gay wouldn't have a problem with it, right? Right. I mean, uh, I, I should, it's funny thing. I was, I was looking at. at uh, Fish called Wanda last night. All right, just crease again. Back here, back to one of your heroes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the language is all there. And it was like ten o'clock or something on a, on a you know, or ten. I was delighted. Everything's proper order, but there's it this huge fear about language. You know, that, that, yeah. If we say it, it's different. You know, I mean, if gay junkies, that's fine. 
Um, but I, I think we could discuss some of these things. We probably have to uh, tone it down. Somewhat. Just couch the, the terminology, which yeah. is kind of yeah, yeah. Pretty nasty. But, I, mean, they, they, I mean, no, I mean, Gay has right. done an awful lot to 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 liberalise those yeah, kinds of really, things. And it's odd because he's not like he's, he's not your idea of the he's not the the radical force. Yeah, but he, he really has been a hero. And he's yeah. aware of that, isn't he? He knows he's done that. He knows he continues. I, I actually think he's what you would call a decent person. Do you? I, I do, yeah. I mean, I know there are people have had uh, some problems with him over the Rosetree thing. And, and yeah. okay, he's not perfect. He does some stuff that, that does have a cringe factor to it. Sure. But uh, you would have to say, uh, and I would have to say, that he has been um, of progress. And I also, uh, on a personal on a personal note, allow me to say that uh, he's probably the only reason I'm still. Yeah, he's the fact that I appear on Irish television at all is very much courtesy of Dave Byrne, and I think probably um, you know the, the, the conservative impulses which the which his antenna would certainly pick up, you know the the, yeah. the vibe to get me or to stop me saying on the late late show, for example, uh, is one that he would resist. Would he really? Yes, he would. And that that's let me say that that's an inspired uh, that's an inspired yes. All right, then I would happily leave it there. That's a nice round. Right? Just what, uh, the, the first one was 1987, and you did say. Thanks for not mentioning the AIDS, by the way. Oh, Jesus! No, I was going to say something last. I've got the record. Want me to talk about what is it? Got the record. Now you said you did say it that there was one point you brought up. You're now what, 42? Yeah. yeah. And you were 38, 37 years ago. So you were like, uh, you were saying that your dread is that at the age of 50. That you won't have money. That that it all will have collapsed. I mean, is that now gone? Is that kind of fear that? <sighs> It's not there this year. All right. <laughs> but is it that tentative? Is it, it that is, kind yeah. of I mean, I, I mean, truly, if I could, st if I do another series two or three years touring, right. I would put, I'd have some sort of a buffer right. put between me and I'm not bad. working there. But I would definitely need, you know, I would definitely need, what I would like to do is pay off all the outstanding stuff, mortgage and all that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, that sounds boring, but it's, it, it, no. Yeah. But it, I think it's one thing you just have to believe you're going to do it and all that, you know. And uh, oddly enough, a lot of my dreams have come true, right. and uh, and I have other dreams, and I just go for them now because I'm not getting younger. Sure, yeah. And and how did you react when you told you had AIDS? Uh, I said that's only ours. <laughs> oh, damn it! Another political. I am. I'm. 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 You may consider that to be homophobic. It's not, of course. You can't even say I, it. I'm <laughs> one of the one. I'm one of the few guys who's been the victim of heterophobia. <laughs> From who? Jesus, stop that. <laughs> By the way, 75% of what you heard has never been in the public domain. And that reminds me, I must phone Channel 4 and ask if they'll give me a gig. I may have to, after that podcast is heard by certain powers that be vengeful at times. Speaking of which, you may have noticed that I faded parts of the tape because even Dermot warned me in 1994 they might be, he said, dicey on legal grounds. Either way, thank you for listening. If you want to read the full 1994 transcript uncut, check out joejacksoninterviewer.com.